Welcome to Cosmic Connections 101, a podcast by two sisters speaking about all things related to personal growth, self-love, and spirituality. Join us every episode as we discuss the secrets of the universe, energetic connections, consciousness, and navigating the 3D world with a 5D mindset. Take a deep breath in and out. Now let's get started. Hey pod people, this is Joe. I'm Kel and this is Cosmic Connections 101. We are on video today. If you can't try it, I've even got a new microphone. Yeah, and I got a little thingy to hopefully prevent my P's and B's from popping. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) But uh, today we are talking about a topic that's close to your heart, Jodie. Do you want to introduce it for us? Yep, definitely. I think um, we'll just end up calling it something like cultural connections because we just discovered we have different ways of identifying ourselves, even as Aboriginal people of this country. Yeah. We we're just having <laughs> everyone like something different before we started recording. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you're okay, you're just, fine with Indigenous. I'm just like, just wait, just wait. Okay, we'll actually record before we start talking about all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hit record yeah no I think um I just wanted to sort of chat about because we you know we've touched on it obviously that we're Aboriginal but um that means so many different things to different people but I just wanted to sort of have a chat about what it means to us like we've never really had those types of conversations it's just something we've always known accepted loved and connected with like half of our family are Aboriginal people blackfellas from all over yeah but um your experience would be obviously a little bit different so that's why I thought it'd be interesting to see because you've had such different upbringing compared to me but for me I didn't even know what Aboriginal was Mm. like I just always seen that there was a black person in the family and a white person who was their partner and that is sort of um how it is for all of our family um majority of our yeah like family (laughs) one black parent and one white parent white parent (laughs) yeah and the first time I like it was shown to me that my dad was black was when I first started school like Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know anything that it was what happened for you to be like made aware of that it was in the tone that this so dad come to pick me up from school and um a couple of the kids, like dad's walking up with some of the other parents and, you know, we're all happy to see our parents and I'm just like, oh, there's my dad, I can go now. And they go, is that your dad? Mm. And just the tone, I'm like, yes. And they're like, but he's black. Yeah. And then I looked at him and it was the first time because I'm comparing him to other parents and I'm like, oh, wow, my dad looks a bit different. And if the kids are saying it with a tone that was negative you could feel it uh, and I was like oh how old were you Joe when five that so kindergarten yeah right yeah and then I was just like I, di- I didn't really understand why that was a big deal because because we were so used was to that everyone yeah in our family had one black parent one white parent so it was very yeah normal. and for me like because pop he would always say to me when I was younger, like even though obviously we're light skin compared to some of our family members, um, Pop would always say, 
you know, never to be ashamed that you're like a black gin, that you're a black fella. And it just goes in one ear out the other because, you know, you don't really understand it. But um, he would drum that into me. But I didn't really know what he meant. Like he'd always say, oh, we're Bundjalung, our family's from Lismore, like, you know, talk a little bit. But I didn't really know the big picture of what that all meant. It was just that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then um, it wasn't until... And Dad didn't really talk about it. Like he would sort of mention things every now and then but not history, culture, nothing like that. It wasn't until Pop died. I was 13 and about to start high school and it all started to sort of make more sense and I started to get really, really interested in what it all meant and I just felt a different type of connection. So, Joe, did you ever experience any racism or anything like that while you were in primary school around being a black follower? Um, Mum said that a couple of times I'd come home if once they'd pick us up from school and I'd just lay down in the back seat mm. and she'd go, what are you doing? And then I'd say, oh, nothing, I'm just resting. But obviously she knew. Hiding obviously, from people. Yeah, mum's yeah. white, mum's white, dad's black and you know, Dad never really talked about race. Mm. Like he didn't talk about him being black and Mum being white. It was just like a non-conversation. Yeah, non-issue non for us because it wasn't. Yeah, it's like it's a non- non-convo. Mm-hmm. The only thing Mum ever sort of brought up was she, you know, Mum with her symbolism talks Yeah, was saying, because um, I, I remember saying to her like after she goes, because she, she'd ask me, why are, you, why are you lying down? Like and even she was like, you know, don't worry about what people say. And she'd tell me about her experience being with dad in the 70s and yeah, being um, pulled in out the 60s and 70s. relationship kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Nan was with a black fella as well. So it was like our family was used to it, but they copped a lot of shit when yeah. they were growing up. And mum told me just, you know, that we should be proud. We're like, you know, one of the most amazing cultures on earth and we should be proud of who we are. I still didn't really understand what that meant. Um, and mum just used to say, because I'd go, well, how come I'm not like dark like dad? And then because we we're really olive, obviously, when we were in the sun and growing up, but we were different shades of mm. dad. And then she'd always just do like the milkshake kind of analogy or yeah. coffee, I think, because they were coffee drinkers and she's like, oh, well, your dad's like black coffee and, you know, I'm the milk and when you pour it together it just adds a different shade, that's all. And it's probably worth mentioning too that our mum is very white with blonde hair and blue eyes. Blue eyes. <laughs> so it's, yeah, like as pale as you can get kind of thing. Like she would get sunburnt in the shade. <laughs> um <laughs> bless your mum with your so yeah we um we didn't get uh yeah the the lucky dark jeans we're very um uh, yeah light skin but we tan <laughs> yeah and like there's three of us so our brother as well like we're all brown hair green eyes like hazel eyes and you know lighter skin but the thing about aboriginal culture and feeling connected to your culture is it's actually the inside that is the connection, your DNA and your heart and what, like it's hard to explain to people, I guess. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Like just this intrinsic connection because we do live in Australia. This is where our culture is in yeah. the land because exactly. mum would always get upset because she's like, oh, how come you don't acknowledge 
like me. Yeah, because our mum is Maltese um, and just, you know, Aussie. English, English, English Irish. Irish. So, yeah, she would get, um, she would say that to me too when I would just say that I'm Aboriginal and I would try and explain to her, I'm like, I understand that, but because we are in Australia, I have more of a connection to my Aboriginal identity. And it's not taking away anything from us being Maltese. It's just because we live here. If we lived in Malta, it would be yeah. different. Yeah, and that's what I would explain to her as well because she would say, oh, you're kind of like forgetting me. And I'm like, no, we're just acknowledging this part of us because this is what we feel most connected to. And I go, like it's, you know, no disrespect or anything because when we do meet people and they ask, oh, where are you from? Like what's your family? Like you always say it. Yeah, I always say I'm Maltese as well bloodiness and stuff but I remember just even connecting to cultural stuff like if it wasn't for Arnie Lou and the Donovans like which is still the case today um like you know we would always go Arnie Lou would take us to the knockout and um survival day which is now known as Yarbin um that's right and just like cultural just, I don't know, we're just surround, like, music festivals, like, lots and of different stuff, just Aboriginal culture. When I was Art. a kid, uh, she would take us to go see Black Santa. And I oh, yeah, even, actually, Black Santa out I of Mount Druid. Yeah, oh, it was at Mount Druid. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where it was. I just remember being excited to go see Black Santa because, you know, you get presents. <laughs> yeah. And he's a black fella. And that's kind of what we've um, also, like, when our kids were younger, wanted to um, continue Black Santa because we would get our dad to dress up in Santa because we experienced Black Santa growing up. So it's like we want our kids to have Black Santa too. Yeah, we don't want them to be ostracised and we'd always make sure they get black dolls and all different coloured cultures because we're like all we'd ever see is white everything. And in our family it wasn't a true reflection Mm. of life. Yeah. And so I remember um, growing up because, yeah, like you said, you know, we obviously we grew up in different times so we have different experiences. But I remember being really little and watching TV and I saw, um, you know, the show I Love Lucy and oh yeah so random no I know so that was the first time I had seen an interracial couple on television because I knew that they weren't the same nationality he wasn't black but he wasn't white because I was really young so I just you know I didn't know exactly what nationality he's got color but I just knew yeah that they were similar to my mom and dad and I feel like that's why I really loved that show and why I loved Lucy like the, (laughs) the show says because it really it showed me on television that you don't have to have the same color parents in a household for it to be considered normal or abnormal or whatever. It was just my first time when my eyes were open to the fact that there's two different colored parents in a household. And yeah, yeah. I I think that's yeah, literally why I love Lucy. <laughs> and and you know why? I think it's like reflective of Nan and Pop because Nan. Nan's yeah, a redhead. Yeah. And Nan, like she's like Lucy <laughs> sort she- of. <laughs> She's and she's she was funny. I said, but yeah, that's that's a good idea. I never really got to see any of that. Mum was the one who like really introduced me to other cultures in other, you know, around the globe. Um, so like I I learnt a lot of stuff about like native First Nations, America, Canada, Africa, um, stuff like that before because there was nothing really. In Australia, about you, Aboriginal people. How old were you when that sort of? Um, Mum would start showing us that sort of stuff because she loved those movies. There were some like Blackfella shows, um, 
but you know there were there wasn't that many movies or that I could understand because it was a lot it was pretty heavy stuff yeah um, that's the case with a lot of um aboriginal movies in australia because yeah they're just very heavy and not appropriate for kids yeah but then it's like the truth and then dad didn't really know a lot of the history so it wasn't until yeah pop died like around i would say 13 is when i really started understanding what he meant yeah. about being you know proud. Not, yeah being proud of like yeah what what that really meant because i started to feel it in my body and then um i went to high school at Sarah Redfern at Minnow and there's lots of black fellas there right and so we used to have instead of sport we had the option to do cultural oh. classes oh, it was so good and you know i'd i was already like you know artwork and everything but like it really got me really connected we do dance you know me man I'm not I'm not a dancer that's your world <laughs> but like it was fun like you know they teach you how to do different different styles of Aboriginal dance and Torres Strait Islander I'd never even heard of what that was <laughs> I love Torres Strait Islander dancers do you remember Joe when I was in the opening ceremony of the 2000 well, Olympics this is what I'm getting at yeah, because I'm like, like my high school experience was learning this stuff at school and then obviously then I you know there was so much more awareness and I learned history there and I started understanding what really it meant in this country, what it meant, white Australia policy, started learning all this stuff, go back, talk to mum and dad about it. They'd never heard of it, no. but dad lived it. So then he'd be like, oh, yeah, I grew up on a mission. I didn't even know dad grew up on a mission until we were going back to Lismore for a funeral yeah. on a train. And he's like, bub, this is where we used to walk. And he'd go from here, gone for fucking 10 minutes in a train and he goes to here. I'm like, dad. Oh, wow, yeah. What? How old were you then when you learned that? Um, I reckon like about 18. Like he just didn't really talk about no, stuff. No, he didn't, yeah. Like no. I think that I've learned more stuff about dads growing up from you than him. Like he just yeah. talk about Because it. I started learning at high school, like just because of my experience at Minnow, um, they bring a lot of cultural stuff in and I would learn more and then I'd, you know, we didn't have the internet so I'd look at the library yeah. and, you know, it is his story, not our story. Yeah. So there was only like a little bit of info and then it was more than starting to talk to the family because we have lots of black and white people in our family. So then I'd start talking to them about their experiences, where they're from and, you know, me, I like to talk and I think that's where it probably come from. Curious like about it all. My curiosity of all that stuff and then obviously when I went to Ashcroft High, coming from Sarah, like Sarah Redfern, got to Ashcroft and there was nothing. Yeah. But I could, like, I'd meet people and I'd go, oh, you're you're Aboriginal, eh? And they go, oh, nah. I'm like, oh, are you, like, don't be shame, mate. Like, yeah, like they're and, just and saying that they're not to. Because I don't really know. Or, yeah. Yeah, because they're like, oh, nah, like, yeah, one of my parents is. I'm part Aboriginal. I said, no, yeah. you can't be part, part. you are. <laughs> it's not this part. His arm is Aboriginal. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I, I, I get it. And then, you know, Ashcroft, I think that's where, like, because I got there in halfway through year eight and that was where I got to really push my passion of Aboriginal culture and connection and bringing people together. So, um, you know, we set up, because I think you had to have 20 Aboriginal kids to identify to get an ASPA committee. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I helped make that happen, got people making sure they're identifying. Then we started having our own little, um, like, ex or tried to get excursions and all that sort of stuff happening. Auntie Lou 
um, got us help with bringing some, you know, at that stage NRL bloody legends to our high school to play touch football with the guys and the girls. So Ricky Walford, Cliffy Lyons, Jeff Hardy, um, Uncle Greg come and, you know, showed them how to cut boomerangs and shields and it was just amazing. So, like, it exposed heaps of the people. Even though my school had a lot of different cultures, it just exposed people to a positive thing about Aboriginal culture. And also it provides a support network for Indigenous students. Yeah, and then when I finished, like, they were trying to get this excursion to Rec Bay and then finally, like, I'd already finished Year 12 and I got, like, won an Aboriginal Leadership Award and by the time I'd finished, they finally got this Aboriginal camp up and running and they actually invited me back after I'd already finished high school to thank me. (laughs) And then, obviously, that's when you and our bro is at high school and then what was your experience there? Well, I'd actually take it further back to when I was in primary school because we had um, like an Aboriginal support system in primary school. So I always just knew that um, we had help for if I wanted to go on a camp or an excursion, like there was Indigenous funding or something available to help Aboriginal students be involved in what the wider community of the school was going to. And I knew that, you know, there were a couple of Aboriginal kids at my school um, and, you know, we all just like knew each other as being black followers. And that young though, we were, you know, proud to say I'm Aboriginal and it wasn't, you know, there was nothing like I didn't have the experience that you did of hiding from people who saw that my dad was black. You know, I never had any of that, thankfully. Um, and then when I went to high school, it was already well established that we had an Aboriginal counsellor, that there's a lot of black kids at the school and we all knew each other because there would be just, you know, catch ups. We had um, once, you know, a month or once every couple of months, just, you know, all the black kids can just go and have afternoon tea together and just hang out. And, you know, as I got further along in school, we had after school tutoring with all the black kids. And, you know, like all throughout my high school, we had camps, we had excursions um, and a lot of support. I always felt like if I was just say if I just needed a time out from a lesson, like not even any reason, if I just felt a bit off or whatever, I could just go and see Aunty Bob and just sit with her and talk or have a cup of tea or, you know, like I didn't ever feel like I had no support and I guess non-Indigenous people might not understand how important that is for Aboriginal people to just have like a mentor or somebody who who gets it and who understands your mindset or just you know the comfort that we get from being around other black fellas so I just feel like I thankfully always had that kind of support um, and obviously, it's thanks to you at my high school that I even got to experience that sort of support because you're the one who laid the foundation for that. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people don't really understand. Like it wasn't until I started doing my own research that, you know, you don't you don't know um, that the reason that that sport is that support is now in place is because it, we were never classed as human beings, so we didn't have access to education, hospitals, like any of the thing that the wider community had, like Aboriginal people were Voting shafted. We weren't allowed. Yep, to it's like we weren't, we weren't, we weren't included as a human being. So um, it's like, like literally, up. we were flora and fauna. That's what yeah, we were characterized and, as. And now, like you know, when people say, "Oh, it happened so far in the past, get over it," it's like, no, actually, my dad was 
impacted, which means we're impacted because we're not living that style of, you know, life, so our connection to country we have to find in a different way to make sure it's still living and breathing because it's such an important part of this country. It shouldn't be forgotten. It can't be. And the thing is, like, at school, you know, that sort of um, pride around identity of Australia owning its Indigenous identity, like, that isn't a thing. Even still in this day and age, you know, like, Australia don't really embrace the fact that they have the oldest surviving culture here. Like, it's so special and, you know, they don't understand how incredible that is. Like, when I was at high school, um, I remember just being in history class and there were times, like, if we were learning about Aboriginal issues, I would feel like a bit of embarrassment or shame or something like it would make me feel so uncomfortable and I'd kind of like make an excuse to leave the room like I pretend I need to go to the bathroom just so I could get away from it because um the subjects that they were talking about was just always negative or you know just the bad stuff that happened to our people or that our people did and it was always just such a negative thing and I think I feel like I carry that on in my life. Like the perception that Aussies have of Aboriginal people in this country is bad. And, you know, I'm always on the defense, like ready to arc up at somebody. If I hear them talk about Indigenous something, I just assume right away it's going to be something bad. But like a couple of weeks ago, Joe, when you were back in Sydney, you had a similar experience where by default you're like on edge, but then you heard the actual conversation. It was so mind-blowing like because obviously I hadn't caught public transport in like 10 or 13 years or whatever and same thing. It's like you're always you're ready to defend your family yeah, because that's what it feels like. Yeah, it feels like a personal attack but it's because, you know, people just don't have the same type of understanding but it's definitely shifting and changing because, yeah, when as soon as I got on the train, the first conversation, three people sitting in front of me start talking First thing, it's like, oh yeah, Aboriginal something, and I'll go in. Here we go. That whole Please, in no. your body, hey, you my body, can't... my yeah. body started to tense up. But yeah, I'm so proud and happy to hear the rest of the convo because it was them understanding and defending Aboriginal culture and saying how amazing and special it is. And they'll both they were training to be like nurses and doctors and teachers, and so they were talking about you know, all of, all of the um, old policies in health and education that impact Aboriginal people and um, why it's important to make sure that there are these support mechanisms around for Aboriginal people because there is a distrust of the government. Yeah. Like how can there not be? Um, so it's like to help support that. It's not, it's not taking, this is what people don't understand, it's not taking away from anything. It's providing support that was never there for all these years yeah. just to sort of get people on par. But to, Yeah, that's what I was going to say, to get people on the same playing field because just, you know, based on the history of how Aboriginal people have been treated in this country, there is that apprehension to trust anyone of authority, especially, yeah. you know, police and hospitals because, you know, that's Taking where babies people away. take the baby. Yeah, so, you know, it's like intergenerational trauma this stuff is still carried on this distrust in the government and authority figures is still here today 100 percent. and yeah just hearing the next generation be so positive and optimistic and understanding 
was like, oh, wow. And I could, I just felt relaxed and super proud. And proud, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah, because go people. Have, like they get it now. spend our whole lives defending or trying to just say like, look, we don't get extra money, free money, free houses, free oh, what? Didn't you get a free house? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. It's like, no, it's because the government is trying to, you know, we didn't get we didn't get the same type of understanding as New Zealand. They got treaty. You go over there, their languages across everything. Ours was always like they just try to demolish our existence. Literally, um, massacres. They, they don't want us, your language. They wanted to breed us out. Like they wanted to breed the black out of us, and that's why we are, you know, staunch in who we and- are. And it's it's. You know, I have been to Malta. So when I went to Malta with mum, I did feel a connection when I was there, but I don't speak the language. I don't know the history. Mum didn't teach me anything about it. I said, but here in Australia, I have a heart connection because the country talks to me. Yeah, like literally the land. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, and it's like just the connection is here. And so, you know, and then, you know, we work in Aboriginal positions and you just have a different understanding about how. And it's just such a different, like the humour is very different. It's hilarious. Yeah. But, you know, even if you watch black comedy and all these different stuff on TV, like they're hilarious. Lots of people get it now yeah. and it's just embracing. But the thing I used to be interested in, it's more people will tell you Native American, like they could tell you like what tribal names and stuff, but they would never be able to tell you what ones they're standing on here in Australia. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. It's just learn where you're standing. Like yeah. acknowledge the people in the country that you're, which land, whose land you're on. I and- feel like there's a lot more awareness around that now, especially, um, you know, ABC News. They acknowledge the country that they're um, broadcasting from beforehand and sometimes, you know, they'll like give um, acknowledgement in language and just, um, you know, Australia Post, they've also. The included- anthem. Yeah, they've also included, you know, Australia Post, um, you can write what um, country that is going to. So, like, different stuff like that. And, I mean, if you go into the shop as well, like Optus, and they'll have the plaque there that acknowledges the land that they're on. So, you know, there is effort. definitely changed. Yeah, like, you know, you don't know at which point is it really meaningful or is it like a token gesture, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's like you got to – it's like you can take – it all as positive changes for now just to be seen yeah and to be and to be you know acknowledge that it's sort of out there but yeah it's actually speaking of that I only just said the other night we we're watching footy and it was on Foxtel and it was the first time ever go the bunnies they actually which they had because I played in Brisbane and um it had Brisbane and then it had the two different Aboriginal language groups oh wow um, on like the, you know, rabbitos versus dolphins. And then it had Brisbane and then the cultural mm. language and tribal areas, that country. And then last night watching footy again, they had it there. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, wow. That's just. That's amazing. It is it is amazing. But the, um, you know, obviously this only just touched the surface, but I think it's just, you know, we're, we're here, everyone just wants to feel connection if you're living in Australia just be proud that the culture the ancient culture is still alive and kicking and we're happy to talk about stuff and it's we have a different connection it's like we've got to move forward we can't forget the past 
there's been like some atrocities that happen, but we just want it acknowledged. Yeah. Because Australia just tries to cover up the fact that it didn't happen. It's like it fucking did. And so I just think, go, yes, it did. Yeah. I Let's think get the, better. The misunderstanding around all of that kind of stuff, like when, you know, if we talk about land rights or whatever, like they think that we want land back and, you know, like all that we want is like when we're talking about reclaiming culture and stuff like that, it's like, you know, to be able to learn our language and to be able to learn our cultural traditions and stuff like that. It's like we don't want to kick people out of the country and have it just all blackfellas again. Like we want the wider Take community. Take you for a ride. We, yeah, we want the wider community to With have us. pride in our culture and embrace it the same way that New Zealand do for Māori people where it's exactly. like... This is, you know, like a sense of um, national pride. And, you know, it's like for me, I always just don't feel like Australia is proud of us and they have like this perception of Aboriginal people being drunks and doll bludgers and, you know, but I mean that's just because of our experience growing up. That's what we were told. That's what people said to us. And, you know, media. like you were saying, Joe, you know, like um, new generation coming through, they're already talking about, um, you know, why it's important for Aboriginal people to have support in the hospital system and all of that sort of stuff. So obviously things are changing, but I can't wait to see how the rest of Australia takes pride in our culture and brags about the fact that, you know, we are an ancient culture that's still thriving, like the oldest surviving culture in the world. Like it's so special. Amazing. And it's just undersold and like no pride, like it just really hurts my heart. So I hope in my lifetime, I see Australia really embracing our culture and our people and just loving the land and our people as much as we do. Yeah, I'm like, I think we're really lucky as well, because even though we've grown up with lots of Aboriginal people, um, non-Aboriginal people from other countries and just people living in Australia, they've been such, like before the word ally was a thing, like I already had so many of them, like even at school, like Gordy, Al, everyone, like Shivy, like all of my friends, they always already had this appreciation and respect of Aboriginal culture. And then, you know, you just talk about it. They meet Dad, you have a yarn and, and it's just like, oh, wow, yep regular people who just want to love and protect their family and just be proud of who they are and where they're from. But the struggle's been a lot different, but it doesn't take away from the fact that other people's not because we've got more similarities than differences. It's just appreciate the struggle that we've had to even have similar opportunities than other people. Yeah. But the, um, you know, there's lots of different stuff that's sort of happened to, for us to remain connected with our culture, which we can get into a, another time. But, yeah, this one went a bit heavier than usual. <laughs> but it's like it's really important. It's, you know, yeah, we don't it's a, do it's acknowledgements. It's a foundation for you in, in who you are as a person and, you know, like that is how you base a lot of what you do every single day with your spiritual practice is yeah. from, um, you know, in our Indigenous heritage and our culture. Yeah, exactly. And... You know, I do appreciate that in this time and everything that acknowledgements and you know how we're talking about like tokenistic stuff, like, you know, that is a a new modern sort of take on what used to happen to welcome people into each other's lands and everything. And although I do appreciate, I don't think we have to, you know, 
do it every two seconds. Like I work in the government. It's just like sometimes it just feels too overly done. Yeah. And I said, and that's why even doing the podcast, I didn't want to just over-label and identify everything because I just want us to be connected in the human heart space. Yeah. But in saying that, I think it is like important for us to have our own little, I think you put it on the our little blog, didn't you, Kel? Our, yeah. our acknowledgement that we agreed is like the best thing for us. So I might just read that out if that's cool. Because I don't think we need to have any questions. Yeah. Um, I just like just want to say as both of us, as Bunjalung women, right, we'd, we'd like to acknowledge like our ever-present ancestors and other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, you know, across Australia, across the land, the skies, waterways. We honour like everyone who come before us, who guide us now on our journey. Um, and, you know, we send that love and healing to all peoples in this land, this dimension and beyond. And that's that's for me, that's the most important part of being connected to Aboriginal culture here in this land. I said, and I just hope other people go up and, you know, do a bit of research on the land that they're living in right now. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised about why you connect to it or why you live there. There could be some other special meaning why you've been brought there. Yeah, like you. So that's just my little thing. But that's a, yeah, we don't, we've run out of time to talk combo. about the reason why you moved um, down where you are and how the land that's talks right. to you and calls you down yeah, there. This is just an intro into like our connection to our Aboriginal culture, obviously. But then, yeah, there'll be other ones later. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for just, you know, letting us chat about this. It's always one of those yeah. really special Important. combos but sometimes yeah. hard. And, you know, I've got a sore throat and it's the whole thing. But I've got me, you know, eucalyptus oil, blackfella medicine trying to heal me. (laughs) We'd love to share this experience and chats with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. This podcast has been made with love from our hearts to your ears. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Connections 101.